Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. Indie Game Business is recorded live on Mixer and produced by the Powell Group. Check us out at IndieGame.Business. Now, let's start the show with your hosts, Jay Powell and me, Indie. What's up, everybody? My name is Indy, and the gentleman sitting right next to me, that's Mr. Jay Powell, and he is in Fantasyland, apparently. I'm in Zelda Wind Waker world, I, I, never I think. It. I don't know. I actually never played that one. <laughs> I don't know what it is. And this is Indie Game Business, and it's just us today. You have our beautiful faces today. We're going to be talking about, um, you know, like, do you need to go to these alcohol-fueled parties after after parties at events to network? No. 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 Don't, don't. That's the big thing. It's like when all of this was coming out and you know, all these stories are coming. You know, I would see so many comments and people like, I don't want to go to these events. And yes, I know they're not always safe, but I have to because that's how you network. It's not. Look at look at look at me and Indy. We're old. We network just fine. We don't go to those parties. Not anymore. I did when I was in my 20s. But it, it's one of them that, one of those things that a lot of people, it's almost like peer pressure. It's like, oh, well, we're going to the Sony party. And then you have that that feeling of belonging and you're special if you got an invite to the big party. Yeah. But the reality is you do they are like the worst place to try to network. I mean, it's, it's so far from, from the reality and that's what you're going to go. Everyone's shit face. The music's yes. really loud. I mean, we, well, I went to some after parties and made some great connections. It's like, Oh, do you have a business card? Oh, I don't have my business card or you can just email me at blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, man, that was, that would have been a good person to uh, be friends with, but that's lost in the ether. Yeah, it does. It's like, um, uh... Ammunition, who you know, you know, is like one of my favorite streamers just because of her the, the titles of her stream. I think are hilarious. Um, but I think recently she's gotten away from doing the funny ones, and I don't know. I haven't watched, but she had a a photo from the last TwitchCon, and it was just like an entire table with pre-filled beers laid out, completely open. I mean, anyone could have gone by and thrown anything that they wanted in that you know, in one of those beers and, and no one would ever know because it's just like, I don't know. It's crazy. And, you know, oh. there have been some, you know, talks along the way of, of getting rid of alcohol at events and which I'm like totally for, and I know that's not going to be popular. I get it. But the reality is it's like, what are you serving uh, other than free beer to people? Um, are we all right? So, just random question, Andy. Are we live on Twitch? Yeah, I know. I heard people posting about that. Are that Twitch was having issues? Let me just have a have a look here. Twitch.tv slash indie game business. It says on the screen that we are, but if I go to the Twitch, uh, we are not live there. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure it wasn't just me. So yeah, no, people were posting about it online that there's some issues. Um, you know, they're probably getting hacked for some reason, and, and we don't know. But that's what I wanted to talk about today. It's like, so how do you go and do all the networking that you need to do at an event without going to the big parties? Um, you know, it's, it's like we said, the parties themselves are the world's worst place to try to meet people and talk. And I've been in plenty of them and you get in there, everybody is packed body to body, you know, the, here's the, here's, here's the trick. The music, then you basically just go, everybody stops at the first bar anyway. So there's always a bar further out. Just go past the first one and get the rest of them. But anyway, it's it, absolutely packed with people. They typically have a DJ or some sort of music going on, and you can't hear yourself think in the first place. And so you're standing there and you're basically yelling in the ear of the person that's next to you. And 
you don't know how many they've had. They don't know how many you've had. Sometimes you don't know how many you've had. It's that's not where you want to be networking in the first place. Now, if you're one of those people that just wants to get out there and go to the big parties, just to go to the big parties, that's fine. You know, just be careful, but I'm not saying don't do that, but don't feel like you need to get out there and be at these late night things, putting yourself in danger in awkward situations just so you can move up in the industry because I guarantee you if you sit down, you know, the day after or two days after and ask the people that were there, half of them ain't going to remember they saw you anyway. <laughs> That's pretty much it. They're like, oh, yeah. Or they got too fucked up and yeah. Yeah. It's, it's So, yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, don't ever feel like you have to be there because you really don't. So, you know, if you're not going to be there, what are you doing to to network and, and to meet people and to you know, move up in the industry and all that kind of good stuff? It all comes down to, you know, doing your homework beforehand and getting out and talking to people during the actual event. You know, like during going from booth to booth, mm -hmm. you can ease it now. If, if everyone is congregating at a bar after the show, that is not uncommon. It's not uncommon for everybody to be congregating at a bar <laughs> during the show. The and, and case in point is E3, you know, in LA. So when we first started going to LA for E3, man, the Staples Center was out there like on an island. It was like there was nothing. You could come out of the Staples Center, go across a six-lane street, to the palms and pay, you know, ridiculous money for a dinner, or you basically just came out and grabbed a car or you rented a car and you got stuck in LA traffic. But in the last like 10 years or so, I guess probably longer than that, uh, they built up the whole area around there. So there's a W hotel. Uh, there's a bunch of restaurants. There's actually stuff to do outside of E3 now. And all of the business people, are never in the show in the first place. You know, they're always in the W lobby. And so mm -hmm. you go in there, you sit down, you get something to drink, whatever, water, Coke, beer, whatever it may be. But that's where all the networking and that's where all of the, you know, business discussions take place. And it's part of a problem with, you know, traditional conferences in the first place. And, and I've heard a lot of conference people complain about it. It's, you know, conference owners, they pay, the conference pays all this money to these exhibition centers to, you know, get the, rent the place out and all that sort of stuff. And, and then a bunch of folks that have been doing this for a long time. And I will admit, they just go somewhere else. Yeah. We don't even get a pass. It's like, I don't know the last time I bought a pass to GDC because if you're there to do business, you don't need one. Everybody is at all the hotels around the area. So if you want to, you know, just randomly meet people, this is like one of the things I hear, you know, now that we've moved to digital conferences, since we've been doing it for a year and a half, it's like, well, a digital conference takes out that ability to randomly run into people. It's like you cannot make a decision to go to an event that's going to cost you five or $10,000 in the hope that you're going to randomly run into somebody mm. that makes it worth it. That's just nuts so but you know if you want that level of you know interaction it's much easier to go to the lobbies concierge the restaurant the bar of you know one of these hotels during the day and early afternoon and hang out there you know talk to people you'll get introduced to people it's it's a very natural networking scenario and you're not you know in a deafening area, you can, on the safety side, you can actually watch the bartender make your drink and you don't have to put it down. You don't know how long it's been sitting there. You don't know anything else about it. You can watch them make your drink, you drink it and you're sitting there and you can talk. That's where I do all of my stuff these days. You know, when I go to a conference, you know, I'm either on the show floor, walking around and introducing myself or you know, when I'm not in a meeting 
or I'm in the lobbies where I know all the business people gather because that's just the reality of it these days. I mean, so what is it when, when you go, I've never been to TwitchCon. So when you go to TwitchCon, how, how is it? There's a bunch of parties. <laughs> There's a bunch of parties, um, you know, and then they have the partner event. Uh, there is the for, for for Twitch partners. There's like a whole partner area that they have usually roped off, you know. Um, but really, I mean, it's just like it's like E3. It's a it's a consumer based conference. You know what I mean? They they do have some like side talks you can go to and whatever. But uh, as far as like meetings and stuff, I, I for me, I, the best way is just to be on the floor and go up and talk to people at the booths, you know, get business cards, get to know people, bullshit a little bit if they're not super busy. I generally like to go to places where there's not a big line, you know, where there's, you know, because I like to bullshit a little bit. It's, it's good to get like get to know somebody and talk for at least a couple minutes instead of just coming up and being, hi, I'm so-and-so. Let's talk business. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which happens. It. And yes, there are occasions when you need to do that. But this, I mean, as someone who's been you know, networking and doing all of this stuff for, for many, many years, it is it, it, it's awkward to do that sometimes. Right. And it's like everybody knows it. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that you can't be one of those people who just like immediately like interrupts everybody and jumps in it that way. Um, Do you see the uh, comment from John Angusser on LinkedIn right there? And we were just talking about that, too. Isn't networking mainly just keeping an eye open for opportunities to meet and connect with people you randomly bump into? Well, like Jay was saying, is it really worth you know, however much it costs to go to a conference, five, 10 grand or whatever, you know, three, four or five grand to in the hopes of randomly bumping into somebody. Yeah, it's one of those, John, yes. I mean, that is a very, you know, that is networking. Right. But the point is you can't go, you can't base your whole trip around that. You know, that's the kind of networking that takes place once you've already gotten there you know you've, you've got other things that are planned and now while you're here in your downtime you're going to network and so yes that that is a big part of it and, but, and i have went to conferences with no plan so it's like i'm just going to go and talk to people right well i guess my plan was that i'm going to go and talk to people uh oh we did get on twitch nice so the twitch oh, we channel went that. live um we're on twitter too Ooh, on Twitter. Uh, and I mean, my, my plan was just like, I'm going to go to a lot of different booths and talk about whatever it was that was going on at the time. Uh, I've done that quite a bit, you know, not, not had like a specific plan of who I'm going to talk to, but, and it's not randomly bumping into people. It's, it's like, I'm going to go talk to this person. You know what I mean? And then. So whenever I go to a show, you know, that's like, that's the list I make. I've got all of my meetings that I'm doing. But then I have a list of, you know, if it's if if possible, find or meet these people or companies. And yeah, that's when you go like through the the conference center or you're looking around, looking at badges, excuse me, and you're trying to find that right person. But that that's one of the things that you need to do, basically, to keep from having to go to the loud parties is you know, sit down and, you know, we've talked in the past about how you build that schedule. You build your meeting list of, of your first tier, second tier people you want to meet. But I always have a list with me of, okay, if a meeting cancels or if I have 30 minutes or an hour downtime, you know, this is who I want to go find. This is the booth. And you can go to the booth and, you know, give them your card and say, Hey, look, this is what I do. Who should I, if you don't know, just say, who should I talk to nine times out of 10, there is somebody sitting there at the front of that booth behind a little podium or desk. And they'll tell you, I mean, that person may be completely booked up with meetings and you can't get you know time to talk to them then, but they'll typically either take your business card or give you the person's card that you want to meet with. And you can circle back after the show. And so that is, you know, that also gets back into why, you know, despite 
everything that you hear, business cards are absolutely positively still necessary in today's world. But, you know, that's one of the, the tips and the ways that you go and you, you know, do your networking without going to these big parties. You know, it, it's absolutely just simply using your time wisely while you're there. And you need to realize that part of using your time wisely could be going over to, you know, such and such a bar, I mean, hotel and, and just do a lap. That's, <laughs> that's my typical late night party thing. Anyway, now, if I go to one, because, you know, now I'm old and I don't want to stay out late, but <laughs> if I go to one, I go, I come in, I get a drink, sometimes alcoholic, sometimes not. Generally, it's alcoholic. Who, yeah, who are you kidding? I mean, yeah, I know. Anyone who knows me <laughs> or watches the show or listens knows I love good beer. Um, but, you know, and then I'll do a lap through the area, look to see if people I know, you know, wave to them, stop, say, hey, but I don't stick around. You know, I'm usually like, okay, I made my lap because 20 years of doing this, unless you happen to find someone else who is just as comfortable, you know, sitting there and talking and not drinking and getting hammered and you're in a place that you can actually hear one another, they're not going to remember anyway. You're going to be able to go through, do that lap. And then the next day they're like, oh man, were you at the Sony party? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I saw you. And they're like, yeah, I saw you too. And that was it. Yeah, that, you know, that's all there is to it. That was loud. Yeah. Yes. And, and so the, you know, from the ones that I can speak of that I can remember off the top of my head. So E3, if it comes back, most of the business is done in the JW Marriott. Is it JW Marriott? It's the JW Hotel, whatever it is. It's across the street mm -hmm. behind, you know, in the new LA Live area. If you go in there, you can walk through the lobby and it's a, an absolute who's who of the business in the industry. The smart developers get there early in the morning, set up a table somewhere, just find a table, find a plug to go with that table. You want to get one near an outlet and they sit there all day with their game. Right? Yeah. And, and they'll talk to people as they come by bonus points. If you can sit there and have your screen, like you, like I know there's a couple of tables in the JW where you're sitting with your back to this little like half wall and all the people that are walking through the lobby from one side to the other are walking right behind you. And so if you can sit there with your laptop open and, you know, leave it aside a little bit, you see, people see what you're playing and then they'll go, oh, so, you know, what is that? Tell me, tell me about that game. Uh, that's E3. GDC, there is, there's like multiple places. Um, the W across the street, that's horrible. It's a horrible place to try to have a meeting because the bar is not very big. The whole downtown, downstairs lobby, it isn't very big at all. And everybody is packed in there. And so it, it's very difficult to find the person that you're trying to meet. It's very difficult. I mean, it's almost as bad as being on the show floor. But here's the catch to the W at GDC. You can go, you can meet somebody downstairs or out front and then go in the lobby and then go upstairs a flight or two and it's perfectly quiet. I mean, there's not generally somewhere to sit because there's no seats up there. But, you know, you can go straight to the top and, and have plenty of conversations. Um, the the big, called the big Marriott, the the one with the Star Wars bar, the Star Wars bar, the Death Star bar doesn't open until like later in the afternoon. But Death Star then, bar, that sounds badass. It, well, if you let's see, let's see if I can find a picture. There's a, it's a big old tall building, and there's the the window at the top. Uh, looks like the Death Star or something. The window at the top of it looks like it's the it's the San Francisco Marriott Marquis. Um, uh, let's see. So let's see, can I pull this up? Yeah. So there's a there's a window at the top of this thing where I lost Streamyard. Um, it's in your browser. <laughs> yeah, well, when we're doing the show, it's a matter of like which browser it's in. Yeah. It's still it's flickering. It's still in that flicker thing. Oh shit! That 
this bar up here, the window looks like a. Um, I'm going to give that, somebody. Some, that's weird because your taskbar is not flickering. Just the everything uh, else. I don't know. Anyway, um, but that top window looks like the big window in the Emperor's. You know, throwing room with the Death Star. Everybody calls, everybody calls it the Death Star bar. Mm. People will be there in the afternoons and in the evening, but again, it's so busy that it's hard. And that's you also, if you go in the back, you come in and you walk all the way around the bar and you go like in the back area of that bar, that's where you'll find, uh, you know, all the folks our age who are sitting down there playing board games, you know, the big German ones that take like six hours to play. Um, they're all sitting back there doing that. But it's again, not a great place to network just simply because it is so there's not like walking room, but the downstairs, the Marriott, you know, in, in the, the bar lobby or whatever. And last year, the last time we were at GDC, they were doing uh, <laughs> renovations on it and it was absolutely horrible, but you know, that's a much bigger wide open area and it's a good place to do meetings. You know, it, it, you can find people fairly easily. The best thing about, finding an area like that is you want to find somewhere where people are going to be somewhat congregating. And if you don't have a meeting or your meeting's not starting on time or, you know, what have you, then you can find somebody else to chat with. And, and it may be somebody completely random. It may be somebody, you know, whatever, you know, but you can find somebody else. So that lobby is really good. The continental, which is, Another big one that's usually a couple, it's a couple blocks down from the, uh, from GDC, but it's always packed with people too. Their lobby and bar is a happening place, you know, all during the show. But, you know, mm -hmm. that, that's the reality of GDC. It's like you don't necessarily go and sit in on the lectures or walk around the halls because there's no, there's no real benefit to it. I mean, unless you, you know, are learning stuff. You know. Well, so, yeah, when we have clients, you know, that we quite often, especially as GDC approaches, you know, we'll have clients who aren't from the industry. And so I always recommend, hold on, I just opened up a tab. I have myself in stereo. Um, I always <laughs> schedule time with them to just like literally walk around the show. And, and, and see the show floor, especially if they're a tech company, uh, if they're doing something like in the ad space along those lines, because they need to see what else is out there. You know, they need to have a good understanding of, you know, what their competition is, what they're doing, you know, that sort of stuff. So I'll schedule time there. And, and if you are new to the industry, then yes, you know, it is something that, you know, you need to check out and you need to walk the floor and you need to learn. Um, but it's not, it's not like it's absolutely essential to get this stuff done. Um, what, what are the big shows? So at Gamescom. Well, do you want to, let's answer this question real quick from oh, John, okay. John Angusser. Uh, do you guys think a new convention for Indies might take off or is there still not enough money in the indie scene? I was thinking it could be all Indie three. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, Yes, we saw years ago. I mean, PAX is basically an indie show, and they're doing so well that you know before the pandemic hit, they were having four of them a year, and that's a lot. You know, that's from even like logistics and the planning stages. You know, doing four shows across the world a year. They had PAX East, PAX West, or PAX West was called PAX Prom, whatever. PAX South and PAX Australia. I don't know what they call the one in Australia, um, but yeah, they had four of them. So. There is enough money. It's a matter of, you know, finding your audience. So that and um, there's another one that's just like skipping my mind, skipping my brain right now. That's very indie focused. Um, and, and he's going to kill me because it's like I, I know this show very, very well and I'm just brain farting on it. It's the one that's like happens. They do, they do it in Austin. They do it in Atlanta and I can't remember else, but yeah, they, it's another one. And so, yeah, there is plenty of money to do it. The problem is 
you know, who's your audience? Are, are you, cause you have to think about that when you're doing a show and you have to think about that when you're going to a show, it's like, who's the audience that are going to be here. If I'm going to, if I'm an indie dev and I want to find a publisher, you know, PAX isn't a horrible place to go, but it's certainly not the best place to go because PAX is mainly set up for, for consumers. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, short term. I mean, you know, I do think there's a, you know, a place for it, but it's a matter of whether or not it's the best place. Uh, that's the catch. Cause there are so many indie, the, um, we did the picture game thing yesterday on Twitter. Yeah. And that oh was like insane. God. There was some great, 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 great games on there. The sheer number of them, you know, was absolutely crazy. Cause I was going through it all day, like trying to keep track. And, and I found some that I reached out to. I found some that I bought, you know, <laughs> in oh, really? the of, yes, yes. I bought a couple of the games that were in there. Uh, which listed a few more, but there's no shortage of games out there to, to fuel these events, but it's a matter of where are you going to do them? When are you going to do them? Are you going to do something that's geared to helping indies on the business side, or are you going to go and do it, you know, based on a consumer show, you know, and you can do both. I mean, that's what Gamescom is, but Gamescom is, is, is massive. I mean, E3 or GDC is like, yeah, we got 30,000 people. Gamescom's like, we got 300,000 people you know, right. to come. So it's a, uh, I just, I just, I mean, to, to be blunt, John, I have a hard time telling indie devs that it's worth their money to go to shows if it requires them getting on an airplane. It's like PAXs, PAX, the whole, all the PAXs are great shows. And yeah, you get a lot of good, you know, feedback from developers and everybody else. I mean, and, and consumers while you're there. But you know, is it worth dropping three, four, five thousand dollars to get there? And then know. with all the coronavirus shit, and you were well, mask, I, and oh my god, that's, that's the thing. It's like to have this discussion, we have to like suspend our, we have to do a little bit of suspension of disbelief and go. Oh, okay, wait, wait, we're going to pretend there's not a global pandemic. Yeah, uh, in Oregon um, at, today, actually, the governor enacted that everybody inside of public spaces or, you know, if you're in a public space outside where, you know, you're close with people, you have to wear a mask and all yeah. through Oregon. Oh, and that's a whole nother thing. But <laughs> yeah, we got that too. Uh, yeah. they, they, and today, the governor in, in North Carolina is going to announce whether or not they are uh, or in, announce what we're doing in terms of school for the next year. So that's going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. um, but but that's another thing, you know, who, and who knows what it's going to be like in a year. Who knows if, uh, you know, all, all we can do is speculate. I'm just going to speculate that everyone's going to get the coronavirus at one point or another. <laughs> a lot of people are going to die. Some people won't, um, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't, I'm, I'm typing something in here. Uh, all right. So let's do like from the top. Okay. How do you network at a conference and do it right? Sign up today for the Indie Game Business Newsletter. It's a weekly source of business news curated for indie dev teams. We've got discounts on all Indie Game Business events and events from all of our partners. You get a first look at the summaries and takeaways from all of our podcasts. There's exclusive opportunities for promotions and early access to new tools for development, monetization, and more. Check it out. Sign up. PowellGroupConsulting.com slash publisher dash list. So if one, you sit down all the shows, and again, we're pretending that you know we're going to real shows again. Um, all the shows are going to have lists of speakers. They're going to have a list of, of who's who's there. You know, the good ones are going to have something like Meet to Match, which has a functioning search system. And I don't consider GDC's meeting system functioning because it sucks. Um, but you'll be able to get an idea of who's there. So you first go through and you triage 
the publishers or the marketing teams that you want to meet with. Get your whole list. And then just like we talk about, you know, when you're going out and finding a publisher, triage it down to a first list, second list type thing. Send out your meeting invites. Get your meeting scheduled. Then you want to come up with that secondary list of, okay, here are the people that I want to meet with or I want to at least get introduced to if I have time in between, you know, sessions or anything along those lines. And that, if you really want to go old school, <laughs> I used to, I don't even know if they make these anymore. Actually, they do. But if you can get a map of the show floor, that's even better because sit down. Yeah, they all conventions I've been to, they just, you get the booklet, it's got a map. Well, a lot of them have the like numbers. digital apps. And, you know, not to be like the old guy, but, eh, you know, that's not nearly as useful because let's face it nine times out of ten when you get in there your what your phone stops working anyway because the wi-fi is like completely overcrowded or they're charging for it or you have no signal in the building or for one reason or another you can't always depend on you know your phone to do that work for you i would actually take a map have it with me and circle the booths of the places that were on my want to meet list. And so that way, if I got to a meeting or if I finished a meeting and I look at my schedule and it's like, I got half an hour or an hour free, I can like immediately look around me and go, okay, there's a booth right, right over there with somebody I wanted to meet with and go over and introduce myself, drop off a card, you know, whatever. Then as you get towards, you know, if you have a big space, I mean, a big area that you don't, you know, in your schedule, where you don't have anything to do, that's when you can go outside the convention center and go and, and check out and see where people are congregating. It's not hard. I mean, year, years ago when everybody was smoking, uh, it was very easy. You could find the, the, the bars immediately because all the folks you know that were smoking were standing out front. And it was easy. It's like, oh, a bunch of game dev yeah. people over there. There's like 15 people standing out having a cigarette. Um, that's when you can go walk around, look at name tags, make sure your name tag is turned around properly. That's what always happens with mine. It gets flipped around and I'm looking, everybody's looking at the backside of my, my badge, but go out and do your networking, you know, during the show hours or early show hours. Then by the time you get to dinner and you're done with dinner, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to go to the networking parties because again, they're loud. They're absolutely full of drunk people. And you can't have a conversation and talk anyway. And as this has happened before, even if you do give your card to somebody, that person gets up the next day and they were like, who was this? Well, I don't know why. I don't know why I have this card or where I got it. Oh, sorry. Coffee. So is there anything else that you do when you go to these events? Whoops. There we go. Yeah, I'm here. Um, I mean, I, I I do the same thing. I I've I I look at the map. Like, I want to go here, 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 here. Um, actually, for me, if it's a multi-day event, my first day, I don't want to do anything. I just want to wander around. But that's me personally. I will wander around and figure out where everything is, and to, like check out the landscape of everything. But I'm more of a when you go to events, you like set up meetings and you got meetings all day. I have been like the the wanderer and that just kind of, uh, you know, I go up and just start talking to people. So uh, here's another question from John. Are indie game competitions worth entering this year since most events are going digital? On the flip side of the coin, are there more opportunities to show off your game this year since it's all digital? Yes and yes. So I, yes mean, yes. I, I did an article earlier this year where I said, look, you know, an this pandemic is not like the end all be all catastrophe for, you know, for, for Indies, because that's what I was hearing. I was seeing so many of these articles and they were like, Oh my God, you know, without GDC and without packs, then we're never going to be able to show our game off to publishers. We're never going to be able to get feedback from the crowd. And it's wrong. That's not reality. So here's the article I'll post it in chat. Um, okay. 
and, and John, um, speaking of competitions, just yesterday it was called pitch your pitch a game. I'm gonna type in the uh, pitch your game. I wonder if that goes up on LinkedIn. It does not. Uh, no it does not go up on LinkedIn. Um, here, let me just type it right here. I'll just make a banner. So, so th this was kind of a kind of a competition, but not like a competition. No, 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 no. It's a competition. People are getting awards. Okay, here we go. Um, so just look up Pitchy Game on Twitter, and you will see that there was so many entries into that just on Twitter. Uh, Nightwolf. Nightwolf, are there any indie game conferences hosted on Discord? So the like our our conferences are always it's hard to say hosted, you know, because you can't do video. Your video on Discord only goes to like 50 people, and that doesn't doesn't really help. We always have, you know, networking special channels on our Discord server for our conferences that we do. Uh, Ludicious, which is going on right now, and I'm participating in that one. They have their own, you know, Discord as well set up just for the conference, and there's 300, 400 people in there. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, there are, but you know, back to so back to John's question, there indie game competitions as long as they don't cost you anything are always good to enter you know you have to weigh the 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 effort versus reward but you know at the least you're getting your game out there people are seeing it and you can get feedback it's like i put i posted in the midst of the pitch your game thing yesterday it's like if you want business feedback on your game pitch my dms are open and i had a lot of companies come to me and go oh, so what do you think and i told them so, I mean, it, it, you can give feedback. You can get eyeballs on. See, there was some networking right there, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and so it, they're absolutely worth doing. It's a matter of, you know, is it something they're going to charge you an entry fee to and, and all this other stuff? And yeah, then you got to kind of weigh your options. And you're not going to get, well, I say you're not going to get as much you know, viewership, but I mean, you will, cause it's, it's, especially if it's on Twitter or something like that. I mean, the big, the, I would say the worst that I've seen and it, I don't, it's not intentionally worse. It was the steam indie game thing where they had like 900 demos or something like that. It's what you're doing needs to be curated in some way, shape or form, you know, that way the cream rises to the top. And if you're not in that cream, you're getting feedback on why, you know, and, and so you can work on it and go, and go for the next one. But yes, you know, the short answer is they're absolutely worth entering. Um, and, and as for, are there more opportunities to show off your game? 100%. Yes. So we have a spreadsheet that lists all the upcoming digital games. And I honestly have to update it because I haven't updated it in a few weeks, but we sat down a couple of months ago and, went through it and you could literally go to every single one of them for cheaper than you could go to GDC in real life. And now that GDC has released the pricing for their August event, I mean, it's like 300 some dollars to go to a virtual event. Ours is 50 bucks. And if you, if you know the guy running it and, and you convince me that you, you're having hardships, I'll give you a pass. I don't care. I want you to, I want you to find a publisher. I want you to find, you know, support for your game. But the reality is even with the digital GDC, you can go to all of the, a lot of these events completely free. You know, it doesn't charge, it doesn't cost you a dime to go. It costs you time. That's one of the problems is there are so many of these things going on. I mean, just in the last five business days, we had, Indigo on Friday, which was, you know, put on by the Dutch game developers, but it was open worldwide. Had Big coming out of Brazil, the Brazilian Independent Game Festival, uh, which was huge. And I did that one and got a few leads. May have gotten a client or two out of it. Actually, I did. I got a deal for I got a deal for one of my clients out of a big one. So that was absolutely worth it. And then, you know. Today, Thursday and Friday, we got Ludicious. And I've already had two meetings this morning, you know, from that one. 
and I've got another probably dozen meetings over the next two or three days, and I'm giving a lecture tomorrow morning, or I'm on a panel in the morning. So they are, you know, this is an absolute, it's like I wrote that article. This is an absolute gold mine of opportunity for indie devs right now, because you can get access to all of this knowledge, all of these publishers for a tiny fraction of what, you know, you could do at a show and you've yeah. got better access to them too. Publishers at shows, their schedule is booked up a month to two months ahead of the show. That's just the reality of it. You know, we start when we manage GDC for trade organizations and developers and, and that sort of stuff. We start GDC planning the 1st of January. The show's not till like mid-March, but that's what we have to do, you know, to make sure that we know who everybody needs to meet with, that we go out and we get the meetings and that sort of stuff. Part of that and is- the meetings are all rushed. They, well, yeah, that's the other thing. It's like, yeah, you got a 30 minute slot, but you got a 10 minute meeting. Um, I really like my chair, by the way. I'm just going to ADD that one out there, you know, because it just. The little headdress looks comfy. I don't even, I've rarely used that. But so you get a better meeting at a digital event, but publishers are so hard to get a hold of at a conventional event because there's so much stuff competing for their time. We know as an industry, you're going to go to. And there are two shows that I consider mandatory. If you're doing global business, you need to be at GDC. You need to be at um, Gamescom. And then you have, you know, all the other. Uh, DreamHack was the one I was thinking about earlier. The other indie focus mm. was DreamHack. So the you've got your Pocket Gamers, um, Casual Connect, which is now called Game Daily Connect. Those types of shows, uh, the Nordic Game Festival, you know, I, I call them regional shows. They're not as big as like a GDC or a Gamescom, but they're not like a mall and pop shop either. They're absolutely worth going to. They're just not always worth flying across the world to go to them. Um, you know, so a publisher knows they're only going to get FaceTime with people, you know, two or three times a year. And then they have all of the obligations from the marketing teams and from, you know, they're meeting face to face with the developers they've been working for. They just have less time. Whereas, you know, digital events, one of the benefits of there being so many of them is the fact that, you know, you've got, for the publishers that are participating in a lot of them, if you don't get a meeting, you know, this week with somebody, you may get a meeting this next week. I mean, that's exactly how, you know, I went through the Ludicious meeting schedule. You know, it's like I had our CRM open on one side. And the meeting system for Meet to Match open on the other screen. And if I saw it, when I found a publisher, I would go check the CRM say, okay, when's the last time we talked to them? We haven't, you know, are we, are they answering us? Are we having conversations about our clients' games? You know, are they not? Do we need to kind of like refresh this, you know, relationship? And if so, I scheduled a meeting with them. If I didn't, then I didn't worry about it. But, you know, I know that we got Ludicious right now. We have our event coming up in one month. Then we got Gamescom digital coming up at the end of August. And I don't know what's going on in September and October, but I'm sure there's going to be more. I mean, we'll have another IGB event by the end of the year. So there's absolutely worth it to get into the digital events. And yeah, if you can get, if there are indie competitions, you know, there were teams yesterday that got a lot of, of views and retweets and, and likes just from their little pitch for their game. And so it, it, you know, it's a very long way of getting around to saying, yes, it's worth it. Um, it's worth it. So yeah, well, there are, you know, about the Discord side, there are indie game conferences happening. Whether or not they're happening on Discord is a different story because Discord's not exactly a great platform for hosting video and all that stuff yet um but you know i've been preaching the beauty of biz dev on discord for a long time now it's it's certainly out there oh sorry what are you drinking water um what i gotta lose i'm money. surprised oh i guess it's wednesday so yeah it is wednesday that that too but uh, I've, I've been told i need to be on a diet so I'm drinking more water. Um, 
if you've got questions, so if you're out there watching, we've still got like 15, 20 minutes minimum that we're going to ramble on here. If you've got mm -hmm. questions about how you network at conferences, how you pick which conferences you go to, how do you attack a digital conference, anything along those lines, uh, let us know. Because today we are all about debunking and, and busting the myth that you have to go to these alcohol-fueled, late-night, loud-ass parties. Yeah. What else is going on, Andy? Um, does, does anybody know why Dr. Disrespect got banned yet? No. <laughs> no. Trying to I'm pop in here and see what some of the questions that we had earlier were. But, I mean, at the end of the day, having a good event just literally comes down to planning it properly. And, and if you do that, and if you go into it with that mentality of you know what you want and you know where to find the people, then yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be good to go. Oh, it's cool. It's it is playing on Twitter. Neat. Aren't we like you know so fancy right now? Yeah, super fancy. <laughs> um. I am looking to see. Did we skip anything? Did we miss anything? It just seems like there's we have more to talk about, but yeah, I'm not thinking through it right now. No, I mean <laughs> we don't have any questions. Oh, here we go. Are vertical slice demos worth showing? Vertical slice demos are certainly worth showing off. That's what you want to show as a vertical slice. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not going to realistically get a meeting with a publisher unless you have that vertical slice. Right. It, I mean, it's, it's pretty much mandatory at this point. We I mean, used that's, to sell, that's, that's really the whole purpose of having a vertical slice. Yeah, but there's like different versions of a vertical slice. And so vertical slice is like, if, if you have different levels of a game, you have one level that's pretty much complete, right? Eh, not always. Um, God, I wish I could remember what game. Well, was or for a demo, you want to kind of, show all of the features even if like like in some games you level up throughout the game or whatever you want to be able to show like not the very beginning of the game but like stuff in the middle and kind of like the best yes. coolest stuff of it right that, that's absolutely one aspect of this it's like you want to be able to show don't just show your your newbie rpg guy wandering around with with a wooden sword and, and that sort of stuff you want to be able to show all the cool stuff right uh as, as quick as possible, because you literally, in this day and age, you know, when you send that video to a publisher, you've got about six seconds into that video before they're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is me, uh, yeah. this is not me, I'm not sure, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I know this because I looked at a load of videos yesterday. Um, but it, vertical slices... It's hard. So yesterday, and I can't remember the name of the game. It was a 2D slider. They had a great elevator pitch too. And it was the video. It wasn't a vertical slice. It wasn't a whole level. It just mm -hmm. showed the character like, you know, typical 2D side scroller. And they were jumping on a block. And then they got to a spot. It was like, there's no way that they can make it. And the camera tilts and that, 2D face fronting map becomes a flat, like isometric map. And the character just starts walking on what was the sky as a floor and moves something over so he can then go back. And, and it was just like, oh my God, that like eight seconds of video completely encapsulated what made that game different. And it did it just like that didn't show it a whole level i mean it was it may have even just been like a gif it wasn't even a full-blown video um mm. i'll see if i can find it the the beauty of these things is you know you're you're it's like going out and pitching to win contract work and i tell all of our clients you're not going to win the first couple of contracts that you sit in there you know, you're going to have to deal with a lot of rejection in the meantime to get to the point where you're going to get a deal. 
Right. And so that's part of what, you know, it boils down to in, when you're pitching these games. It's like you're not going to get, you know, a deal the first time around, but it's absolutely worth pitching so you can get feedback. Ah, here it goes. All right, Andy, I'm going to see if I'm going to send you this link and see if you can put it in something. Something, it's, something it's, it's, dark it's, side. Yeah. All right. Drop it. Um, Send it. Come on. Hold on. You know I don't move these things fast enough. All right. Back when I was your age. That's not a link for me. This is, you know, in, in the stuff that I saw going through. I can't click on any of those. You can from the actual, if you have the actual window open for the platform. I don't. Oh. Can you just send it to me in Discord? Uh, you're so you're so needy. Needy? Just send it the easy way. Make me open up 14 windows. To... <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, okay, here we go. We talk about the elevator pitch, and, and that's one of the things that you know. The easiest way to boil it down is your game is game A meets game B with insert unique something, whatever's unique about something, it. something dark side. This video is was like the best example I saw yesterday of boiling a elevator pitch into a very short video slash gif. It's not right, long. Let's see here. Share screen. This one. Boop. All right, ready? Yeah. Let's see. There's audio in there. Okay. Wait. Okay. So watch this little dude. So. Uh oh. And, and there he goes. And it, now all of a sudden. What? Yes. That is absolutely just dead on for, you know, what you need to be able to, what, what a publisher wants to see. It's not long. I wouldn't call this a vertical slice, you know, but it is real quick. Just shows you exactly what is unique. Why is this game different? With that little view, that's super cool. I know it is. <laughs> so, I mean that—that's what it is. It, it, it's hard to sit and say, you know, you have to do a vertical slice or whatever. You know, your game needs to be at alpha or your game needs to be at beta because that, in so many ways, is so dependent. It, it, it's open to all kinds of, you know, different wow. interpretations. You know, a vertical slice means one thing to somebody and something else to somebody else. Right. But if you can show, if, if you can prove that game A meets game B plus unique selling point, and you can do it in a video, you're good to go. Oh, and you know what? I saw this. I saw this pitch. 2D and top D. That's what it is. I'm wishlisting it. Oh, you can download the demo. <laughs> <laughs> See? This is what you know. This is what happens when you participate in these things. You know, the, the pitch your game thing is awesome. And I know Liam's going to be doing another one. Um, I, I got I got a peek at some of the behind the scenes stuff that was going on there, and it's a lot of work to do this stuff. I mean, that's just that's the full blown reality of it. Right. Um, I mean, even nah, I can't. I can't. I got the demo. There, it was a lot of good games that were posted yesterday. Uh, but, it, you know, and, and it's easier. It's all – this is where I think having that conference or having that event like the picture game things is still good. Even if they're happening more often, it's like Screenshot Saturday, mm -hmm. which you know, has now gotten to the point that it's just like a constant blur of, of post. But, you know, once a month, sit down and do like a one-day event. He left the – you know – he had the judging open for like 12 hours. And so as long as you posted something about your game and use the hashtag, then, you know, you were entered and, you know, there's going to be awards handed out. And I mean, we're, we donated free passes to our event for, you know, the gold, silver and bronze. Oh, wow. Games. Because I mean, it's like, how could we not? The whole reason we do these things, these events, is to help developers find publishers. And so it's it's kind of you know shitty for me to say, hey, look, you had a great you had a great pitch. 
you should talk to a publisher. But I mean, here, you got to pay 50 bucks to do it. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's cheaper than paying 300 at GDC, but yeah, that's not. It, Speaking of that, if you are interested in that, go to indiegame.business. It's scrolling across the bottom of the screen right now. It's August uh, 4th, 5th, and 6th. Yeah. And we have speakers. Yeah, this time's got speakers. And I will be posting, I have been posting about that on the IGB, uh, Facebook, and Discord, and on LinkedIn as well. I've been posting, I'm going to be posting all the speakers over the next coming weeks and then uh, reposting about them again. So uh, let's see. I just talked to Junie. D Junie was up there. Larry Cooperman I posted about yesterday. There's more on the site, and there's more that I haven't even put on the site yet because I'm getting all of their contact info and info. Yeah, getting, every getting everything like finalized with everyone. Yeah, um, and there's some great subjects for this for the for the talks too. Yeah, but okay. we're, and we're still looking for speakers too. There's a couple of areas that we need good speakers for um mm -hmm. we're short on community management talks because you know we we're doing it like i did you know when we first started doing the show it's not like i just sat down one day and said oh yeah let's do a digital event and throw it together you know we went out and talked to a lot of teams and just to find out what you wanted to hear about so there's still a couple of areas that we need to get speakers for. Um, influencer marketing, community Yay. building, crowdfunding. We may have somebody from Kickstarter doing a crowdfunding. Oh, that would be good. That would be good. Uh, managing Discord, we still need some people for. Self-publishing, working with IP, running an indie studio, uh, legal. i got a couple. We're going to be doing a legal AMA. I know that one which is funny when you do that with lawyers because most of their answers are, uh, I can't talk about that. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to be doing <laughs> it. It could be a AMAA, ask yeah. me almost anything. Well, no, you can ask anything. <laughs> Whether or not you get an answer is going to be a different question, <laughs> but you can ask whatever you want. So then it would be an IAAA, I'll answer almost anything. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that, that, that works. So the here's the actual, this is like a long... Uh, URL, but I'll post it in here anyway. Uh, if you have something you want to share with the world, some knowledge that you have that you don't think you have, uh, go to that link and it's just a form to fill out. Talking it up. And, mm -hmm. you know, submit your talk, basically. Um, here's the thing, and this is the reason we started this show in the first place. If you've been in the industry for five years, then chances are there are things that you know that other people don't know and you don't realize it. You know, I had been in the industry 10 years before I came to that realization. But if you've been doing this for five years, I'm pretty certain there are things that you know that you assume everybody else knows. But they don't have no clue. And that's, that's what we want. We want, you know, people to come in and talk about stuff that, you know, other teams can learn learn from. So, so. so are the talks interactive? Like, is, is it like this where people can just type in chat? And yeah, yeah. That's what me and you got to talk about um, at some point soon. But yes, it's going to be just like this. They okay. are going to be either on YouTube or Facebook because we have to pick one. Um, oh, so we're going to run the talks just like this. Well, if you, you got to get a ticket, but the ticket's free. Mm. That, that's the part we got to figure out. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it's it, it's going to be, we want them to be interactive. I'm, I'm encouraging people to do panels or fireside chats or AMAs because I've done enough of these virtual speaking events at this point now too that, you know, I can, I can sit around and go, you know what, if we're just like listening to somebody talk for an hour and a half and there's like no back and forth or anything, it's just going to get really dull and boring. So unless people have, are super exciting, you know. Well, yeah, I know, but you can't sit there and, and listen to that for you know eight hours a day. It, it's we got to have some variation in there. So Maybe yeah, we can have like fifteen minute speed talks, ten minute speed talks, all the info in ten minutes. Uh, will there be live chat? Q or is that only for the meet to match? Yeah, that was he was just talking about. There should be live chat. 
Yeah, we just got to figure out which platform it's going to be on. Yeah, that's the top secret thing. right now. Yeah, yeah, top secret. We ain't figured it out yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, well, I mean, you, you need to get a the QA part. Yeah, you're going to need to get a ticket for it, but the ticket's free. So it's just to get logged into the platform. And yeah, that that's just the reality of it because we're gonna, we got to do something so we know it's not going to be completely and utterly trolled. Something, so, something. Yeah. So that's what. Um, but any other questions, you know, I've, I've got ludicrous meetings to get to shortly, okay. but yeah, I have work too. I got to go pick up my truck. Yeah. <laughs> we, truck. Have important, we have important things that we're working on. Mm -hmm. um, if you've got any questions again, you know, uh, about networking events, staying safe, you know, not putting yourself in vulnerable positions where you're, you know, out late in a city you don't know about drinking and you don't know if somebody's put something in your drink or not, you know, this is the point to ask. But to recap, basically it boils down to planning ahead, making sure that, you know, you already know who you want to talk to, mm -hmm. do those meetings, identify the people that you want to try to run into, go to the places during the day or early evening, like, you know, hotel lobbies, you know, hotel bars, that sort of stuff. Get your networking done while everybody is sober, basically. <laughs> and then go home and get a good night's rest. Yeah, for tomorrow. Oh, I thought you were going to say we were doing something tomorrow. I'm like, what are we no, doing tomorrow? get a good night um, rest for the next day of the conference. Yeah, it, it was one of my favorite things to do when Casual Connect was still back in, uh, was still happening. And it was in Seattle was they would always hold it at the Benner Royal Hall, which is like an opera house, which uh -huh. is, you know, at first glance, a weird place to do a, you know, a video game conference, but it worked. But <laughs> you could come in in the mornings and you came in the door and there was like the lobby, not really like a hotel lobby, but there was a big open, I forget what you call it. Maybe we'll call it a lobby that had the major booths in it. And there were tier, there were stairs that went up like a half a story to where you entered the main concert hall. I would get there in the morning and, and grab a cup of coffee and stand halfway up or at the top of those stairs and just watch. Because one, you had a good vantage point. If somebody you wanted to see or somebody you wanted to meet, you could find them really easy. But the funny thing was, as the week went on, and Casual Connect was typically like three days. Mm. So the first day you get there, get up at the top of the stairs, the place is packed. You know, nine in the morning, everybody's there. Everybody's talking. Everybody's like shoulder to shoulder. It's like tough to get around, walk through there. The next day you go and not as many people, still pretty busy, but you can easily walk around, find people. The third day, the Friday of the show, <laughs> it was like a ghost town till like 11 o'clock because everybody had been out drinking and going like to the big fish party or, you know, yeah. our favorite one was this is like the party I did always go to at casual connect. Cause it was just awesome. They rented out the aquarium in Seattle and they had a party in the aquarium after hours. It's just, uh -huh. you know, nerd me just love that. But that, I know, think that was why they had the uh, bloody Mary booth and the, the hangover booth in the morning one year. It, yeah, that was great. I mean, because everybody would be out and by the end of the week, nobody wants to do a meeting before like 11 o'clock because they're all hung over. Yeah. And you know, part of it, I was just talking to when I going to drink like three Bloody Marys and then I, see, I, know, no, I can't stand Bloody Marys. Just give me some orange juice and Gatorade and, and some aspirin and I'll be fine. But it, it's, you know, I would, when I came into this, it's like the old man back in my day. Back you know, in my I, day, we just took shots of tequila in the morning to get rid of oh, our hangover. Yeah, I can tell you, yeah, from my earlier days. <laughs> but you know, it's it's one of those that we would be out late and, you know, but it was, you can do it when you're younger and it's not nearly, it wasn't nearly as bad as it is now because you typically knew everybody. I mean, it was a very much smaller industry. Um, but yeah, these days don't fall into, you know, that rabbit hole of, oh, I have to go out to these parties because otherwise I'm not going to be networking and I won't be social and I won't be seen. And I won't be cool. And don't let people peer pressure you into it. I'm 43. People still try to peer pressure me into it. Oh man, come on to go. And I'm like, no, I'm old. I'm going to bed. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'll see you in the yeah. morning. But, you know, the way I was taught from day one in this industry was when you're at a conference, that's like one of your few times a year that you have an opportunity to have FaceTime with people. Spend it doing fa getting FaceTime with people. Don't spend it drinking and recovering the next day. You know, and so nobody likes hangover breath anyways. Uh, nobody does. Nobody does. But anyway, so yeah, do your research. Circulate early evening in the hotel bars, hotel lobbies. Walk around. The last day of the show, last thing I'll mention before we got out of here. The last day of the show is a great time to work the floor because most people are done with it. The people that are there, you know, with the booths are still there. They'll start slowly disappearing around lunch. Yeah. But you know, the, the morning of the last day of the show is the absolute best time to work the floor, talk to people, not have to fight crowds, and actually be able to talk to people you need to be talking to. I agree with that sentiment. All right. All right. Thank you guys so much. Uh, you can listen to this later on at anchor.fm slash indie game business. You can, oh, wait, here, let me go ahead and post the banners up here. Bam. All of our past podcasts at anchor.fm slash indie game business. Uh, you can get free access to the meet to match in IG in indie game business, San Francisco summer edition, 2020, which is August 4th through 6th. You can just go to indie game business. Like us on Facebook facebook.com indie game business and follow us on twitter twitter.com slash business indie to get all the latest news and updates and like i said we're on discord discord.gg slash indie game business and you'll find us we'll be back friday do you remember who we got friday marco Betancourt with red cat pig Ooh, that'll be a good one what, and what are we talking about uh working on oh, running an indie studio remotely in a pandemic from the azores island off the coast of europe oh that'll be an interesting one <laughs> all right thank you guys so much for tuning in have, Take a, care, everybody. have a great wednesday peace bye Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business.